Hallelujah. Well, as you know, <clears throat> we've been uh, talking about the armor of God, right? And how many of you know that that you that we are not only able, but we're called and expected to be able to stand, stand in the strength of God. Amen. We need to have our thinking renewed. You know, how many times have I heard a phrase, something like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know what? I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Because we're not just sinners saved by grace. We were sinners before Christ, but but we have been saved by grace through faith, and we're no longer sinners. We're children of God. We're children of light. We're children of righteousness. We are not what we used to be. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why do I say that? I say that because we tend to behave out of whatever our identity is. We tend to behave out of whatever we perceive ourselves to be. And if I perceive myself as just a sinner saved by grace, guess what I'm going to struggle with? Sin. I was a sinner when I was in bondage to it. But now I'm not a bondage to it anymore. Now I'm a child of God. Now, I may falter. I may fall, you know, I may falter. I may sin, but that's not my identity anymore. I'm a child of God. I have the ability, since I'm not in bondage to it, to confess, humble myself, confess it, repent of it, and get right back on the way of the Lord. Amen? God has given us that. And so, because we are children of light, because we are children of God, because we're not just sinners saved by grace, we can put on the whole armor of God and we can stand strong in the evil day. So we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness today. Ephesians 6 verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, which is what we talked about last week, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, we don't use breastplates anymore. And, and some of y'all may have a hard time envisioning what that is and what the purpose of it is. We, we use Kevlar vests now. We use body armor and stuff now. But the, but the breastplate didn't just cover the chest. It covered the entire core. From chest all the way down the waist. And it, it, it provided a soldier protection over the most vital organs for survival. Heart. Lungs. Stomach. Kidneys. Liver. All that stuff. It provided protection during the battle over the most vital organs needed for our survival. And God says our breastplate is righteousness. Probably the most vitally important organ in that core area is your heart. 
Are you hearing me? So that breastplate of righteousness is a critically important piece. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says that we are to guard our hearts with all diligence. I've memorized it in the King James, although I had to put it up there in the ESV. So I'll read it in the ESV. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In King James, it says the issues of life. Amen? So it says, keep it, guard it, protect it. Well, if I'm going to protect my heart in this evil day, I'm going to need to put my breastplate on, right? And righteousness is a critically important part of protecting our heart. I didn't get any amen, but it's true. But the thing I want us to, when we say, so if it's a breastplate of righteousness, okay, well then let's talk about righteousness. What does this mean? If I just behave right, I'm going to, I'm good. If I don't behave right, then I'm not righteous. So therefore I am, well, I can't say that word. I'm in trouble. I want to first point out to you that righteousness has been imputed, imparted, bestowed upon us in Christ Jesus. It's not something that we had to or were able to earn. It was earned for us. Right? And it was imputed to us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and 21. I'll start with a very familiar verse. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen? Christ was made sin. He didn't know sin, but he was made sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to go to Romans chapter 23, starting at the 21st verse. And he comes right out and starts saying it right from the beginning. But now, everybody say, but now. All right. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. It's the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Have you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Amen? You've received him as your Lord and Savior. He's not only the Savior of your soul, he's the Lord of your life. All right? And so there's an exchange that took place. He took on sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And the only way we can become the righteousness of God is in and through him. So we're righteous. We're in right standing with God. We have peace with God through Christ Jesus. And I'll read on, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by what? By faith. This, had, this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Now, see, the devil wants to get you out of faith. He wants, to get, he wants us to believe that, that we have to work ourselves into righteousness. Because if he can get you to believe that, then he can believe you can work yourself out. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So he's got you playing in his realm where you put positioned yourself back up under the law of sin and death. But we've got to be vigilant in our faith and believing that the promise is true, that the promise is real, that the promise is secure, that our salvation isn't some flimsy, flimsy thing that can be here today and gone tomorrow, that can be here with good deeds and gone with bad ones. So I want, you to, I want our security to be rooted as far as our righteousness in what Jesus has done. I'm going to get to the point to where I let you know that doesn't let us off the hook. But, but for right now, <laughs> we need to, it needs to have a foundation of this righteousness that has been bestowed upon us has, is gifted to us through faith based on what the sacrifice that Jesus made. Are y'all hearing that? Paul said in Philippians 3, starting at the 8th verse, he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So I wanted to start with those three verses, give you some, some scripture references that I believe that will help you when the enemy begins to try and play mind games with you. Tries to throw in those, those darts of, of doubt, fear, and unbelief. And the enemy has played by the same rule book since the very beginning. You've probably heard me say this before, but let's go back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. In the garden, what did the serpent say to Eve that got her to cooperate with Satan's plan? What did he attack? He attacked her identity. All right, he he got her talking. He began to talk to her. Said, "What did God? What, what did God tell you? Did He tell you He couldn't eat from these trees in the garden?" Said, "No, no, no. We can eat from all of them except that one." He said, "If you eat from it or touch it, you'll die." 
And what did he say? Oh, you shall not surely die. Surely. He didn't fully counter what God said. He just offered a little something extra that God didn't say. Mixed in a little deception into the middle of it and said, you know, God's been holding out on you. You know, you're not really like God, but if you eat of that fruit, you will be. Now, whose image was even Adam created in? God said, let us make man in our image. Man and female, he created them, right? So they were made in his image. They were already like him. But the serpent made her believe otherwise. So now all of a sudden, a tree that she had no problem passing every day, no temptation whatsoever. Now all of a sudden, armed with this deception knowledge, all of a sudden that tree is a temptation. Because it's not just about the fruit on it, what it might taste like. Well, I got fruit over here on all these other trees. So God said, God said, don't eat the fruit off of that tree. There's nothing. I'm not losing anything. But all of a sudden, oh, man, that's a tree that, that the fruit of which, if you eat it, it can make you like God. Well, who doesn't want to be like God? And so he fooled her into believing that the very thing that would bring in sin was the thing that would make her like God. He, she's pursuing something that she already has. Right? And so the enemy wants us chasing our own tail, pursuing something that we already have. Trying to get God's approval and affection, which we already have. Let's not let the enemy play mind games with us anymore. We haven't got to the helmet of salvation yet, but let's just be, let, let, let's not have that thing tilted or hanging off. Let's have that thing firmly secured on. Remember who we are in the Lord. And remember from what our righteousness brings. Now, our relationship, our righteousness with God is rooted in our relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. So I want us to begin to view these things through the prism of relationship with him. And we talked about, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to say, out of our relationship with God, walk in the righteousness we have in Christ. Out of our relationship with God, out of that righteousness that has been imputed, imputed to us, by faith in Christ, then as children of righteousness, children who possess the righteousness of God in Christ, then that's what we should conduct ourselves according to. Didn't 
Scripture says that all of our righteous acts, all of our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. That was apart from Christ, right? But we're the righteousness of God in Christ now. So how should we behave then? What does righteousness look like? If I'm wearing, what is it? What should it look like if I'm wearing the breastplate of righteousness? How should that manifest itself in my life? And there's an exhaustive list. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of it, but I felt like some of the stuff we've been going through Bible study has been, has been uh, very important, so I'll be sharing some of that. But I'm just going to give you a few scriptures that I believe those of us who have our breastplates of righteousness on should exhibit. James 1, verses 19 and 20 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Are you a person with a short fuse? I don't know if that means we got one back there or. <laughs> yeah. Do you even have a fuse? There you go. <laughs> when, when, when people talk or if you're in disagreements and y'all know what I, what I call our disagreements in our home, intense moments of fellowship. So when you're in those times, you know, are you slow to speak? Or do you tend to want to dominate the conversation and force your will and your opinion in the situation? Are, are, are you a listener? Are you really trying to hear the heart of the person you're in disagreement with? Or is all you're concerned with is beating your point into them? I'm just having real talk with you. I mean, so we're going to have to address this stuff if we're going to be wearing our breastplate of righteousness in a way that's going to help us be able to stand strong in the evil day. Amen? We can't just sit back passively and just ask God to do it because he has called us to do some things. And there's some things that are on us to do. Amen? And what is our responsibility to do? We got to obey God and do it. Jesus was our example. Having found himself in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death. Scripture says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He wants us to follow his example, be imitators of him. Well, we're going to have to be obedient. Whatever God says, that's what we got to do. Amen? Whatever God leads us, that's where we should go. So if God says, be slow to speak, then we got to hold that tongue as hard as it might be. That tongue might be like a bull ready to come out of the chute. You got to leave that chute closed. So if, he's, if he says, be quick to hear, 
And we got to be people who are characterized by being active listeners. People who care. No, people who are not looking at your lips move just waiting for their next opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. But people who are actually listening to what you're saying, actually processing what you're saying because we care about your sharing what's on your heart. I might disagree with it, but I care enough to hear it. Slow to speak. I don't have to go into that. But but not every opinion is meant to be shared. <laughs> not, not, not every tweet. <laughs> I guess it's meant to be tweeted. But every, is, that, is that the past tense of tweet? Tweeted? Twote or something? But I want to highlight that last one, slow to anger. Do you struggle in that area? Because if you do, okay, then then you really need to be, you really need to take this to heart. Because God says we're, we're supposed to be slow to anger. How many of you are quick to get it? You see something on TV or you hear somebody say something or it just triggers you and you're already there. You're already seeing red. And then once that happens, and then just think about what happens. Once you're seeing red, what does that do to your whole thought process? Is there likely to be, is it likely to result in your honoring the person or persons that you're angry with? Is it likely to result in blessing? Is it likely to result in you being a good ambassador for Christ? Do you usually glorify God in those moments? There's a reason why God wants us to be slow to get to that point. Because once we get there, it's on. Once we get there, the flesh has grabbed a hold of the steering wheel and is driving the bus. And once that happens, then we're not glorifying God, we're dishonoring him. Amen? So, so we shouldn't just accept that, you know what? I got a short fuse, I just burn hot. That's just how God made me. God loves me anyway. He doesn't judge me, so you don't judge me. No, no, no. Invite the accountability, brother or sister. Invite it. All right? Because God wants to do a work there that we need to let him do. A work that needs to be done if we're to fully, fully enter into what he's called us and purposed us to do. Amen? And we want to be in his will. We want to do, we want to honor God, and we want to uh, obey him. 
and we want to be used to him to fully accomplish his purposes and will in our lives, then we're going to have to let him deal with the stuff that's in here. Amen? The stuff that the breastplate, the, the breastplate area. We're going to have to let him deal with, you know, uh, the, the, the heart, the, the affections, the, I mean, the, the attitudes and so forth. You know, that, that stomach area, the appetites, the, the desires and stuff like that. He's going to have to deal with that stuff. No more of that warning people, man, don't you ever pray for patience. Because the moment you do, there's going to be all kinds of things in your life. God's going to bring a lot of stuff testing your patience. No, we shouldn't run from that. We should pray for that and we should embrace it. Because there is a work that God wants to do in us that, that can only be done through testing. See some faces out there that may not want to hear this. But that's okay. Ephesians 4.32. And I'll read through 5 uh, verse 2. All right. says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You know what? If you're wearing that breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness, these are some attributes that are ought to be emanating from you. Are you hearing me? Be kind to one another. Even when you're playing board games. <laughs> kind. You know, simple things like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's gotten to a point nowadays where just a simple act of kindness seems to be something that is extraordinary. And that ought not to be. That ought to be commonplace. To be kind to one another. Practicing that in the home. Husband and wife, be kind to one another. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. If there's two ways to take a situation, assume the best in your partner. Don't assume the worst. Okay? Parent-child relationships, siblings, when we're interacting with each other, don't take for granted the preciousness of that relationship. Don't get so self-focused that you're crashing and burning a relationship just to get your way. We don't have to be rude to get our point across. Even in jest, I, I tell you what, some of you may do it to get a laugh. And you love making sport of people as long as you're not one of those people, right? As long as somebody else is the butt of the joke, it's funny. But it's, it, it's amazing what 
tends to be accepted for the sake of comedy. And there's a lot of things we laugh at when they happen to someone else that we wouldn't think is funny at all if it happened to us. Think about that. All right, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now, I'm sure, I'm under no illusions. I'm sure there has been plenty of opportunities even today on your way to church. Surely not at church, but it's possible. No, that there has been occasions for offense. I'm sure someone has upset Someone has been upset here. Someone in this body, in this, yes, in New Covenant Fellowship. Somebody in New Covenant Fellowship is ticked at someone right now. Hopefully it's not the person in front of you. But you wanted to hit her in the back of the head, didn't you, Dominique? If it's the person behind you, you're really in a vulnerable position. But he says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Why did Jesus say, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Because he conducted himself in no other way but how the Father would. Amen? So he says, I've been showing you the Father in everything I say, everything I do. To see me, to see how I handle myself, to see how I conduct myself, to see how I relate to others, you are seeing the very expression of the Father through me. Right? So, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. We are forgiven people. How can we not forgive those of us who have been forgiven. And we represent a forgiving God. We represent the one who forgave us. The one who gave his only begotten son for our sins. Amen? And so, we are in a relationship that could not be except for that forgiveness. If it wasn't for that forgiveness, right? We are partakers of a promise and an inheritance in him that would not be possible apart from forgiveness. And he's saying, forgiven children forgive. As forgiven children forgive, just like the one whom you're supposed to be representing did for you. Are you hearing me? So, going on, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, I love that transition there. It's talking about uh, be kind to one another, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, as dearly loved children. Be imitators of your heavenly father as dearly beloved children want to imitate their earthly father. If a child is dearly loved, 
A child's going to imitate what that child sees from his parents, right? God is telling us that motivation as beloved children out of that relationship of our beloved Abba. My God is love. My God is truth. My God is holiness. He's righteousness. My God is forgiveness. Amen. My God is faithful. That's my heavenly father. And he's saying, and he loves me. My God, he loves me so much. And my God is, is, is faithful. My God provides for all of my needs and, and, and all these things. God is all these things to me. And he's our father. And he's like, you are my precious children, my beloved children. So I want you to go out there and I want you to represent the family. I want you to uphold the family name, the household of God. I want you to reflect my character, the things that I have put in you, the things that I, that you have been blessed by and benefited from, the things that you have the ability to do because Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Amen? So I want you to do that as my beloved children. How many of you, who would, I'll tell you what, isn't God a father who dearly loves us? It sounds like three or four of you know that. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. It didn't just say do love every once in a while. Walk in it. Practice it. Let it be you on a daily basis, on a regular basis. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Notice it keeps tying it to what Christ did for us. I'm literally going to have to start getting an, I think I'm going to start needing a full hour, (laughs) y'all. No, but uh, I'm I'm getting ready to wind it down here. I want you to skip to verse 8. So, uh, as but he got through saying, be imitators of God, as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse 8, for at one time you were darkness. You weren't just in it. You were part of You were darkness. But now you are light. You're light now. In the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. You know, the reason I put that verse in there, the main one is that part where it says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you got on our breastplate of righteousness, that's what our primary concern is. It ought to be. What is pleasing to the Lord. Because that's what matters. You know, we want to be in right standing before him. We want to please the heart of God. We want him to approve. Then what we need to do is find out what it is that he wants us to do. 
What is it? If there's any doubt about what I should do, then my prayer focus, my Bible study focus, whatever it is, my seeking of counsel focus should be what would be pleasing to God. If that is what we're focused on, man, that, blessed, that breastplate of righteousness is going to do its job. Amen? That that's going to help light our way. You know, when, when sometimes we just need to simplify stuff in order for us to decide or be able to see what is the right course to take. What is the right decision here? Well, let's get in God. Let's get before God and find out what's pleasing to him because that will light our way. Uh, scroll, scroll down to verse 15. He says, and I'll finish there. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's got to be our desire. That's got to be our focus. We want to be people that understand what the will of the Lord is. If I know just think about the difference here. If I'm not sure what God's will is, if I don't know what's pleasing to God, and so that, that, that part is uncertain, you know, and I'm walking in a certain direction. All of a sudden, the heat gets turned up, and all this drama is happening around me and so forth. Then there, there, there is inevitably doubt as to whether or not I should continue on this path, right? Because maybe it's not God's will. Maybe I don't know, you know? And so you may be on the right path, but you, but you haven't done what's necessary for you to know what the will of God is. So when resistance and fire and opposition hits, you're not able to stand strong on what you know that you know that you know God wants you to do. Amen? Because sometimes what God wants you to do is to go into the lion's den. Okay, sometimes what God wants you to do is to go into the fiery furnace. Sometimes what God wants you to do is to face up and square off against the giant Goliath. I know we think make our path straight means sometimes we, in our hearts we, we'd rather straight path just be paths of no resistance. Strolls. But you know what I've decided, what, I, what I've decided, and I, and I used to be in that place. I just want paths with no resistance, Lord. Let the easy paths be what's easy to me. Because I'm not really on board with what you consider easy paths. I don't consider easy paths. But I learned through experience the benefit of walking in those difficult places with God. that he'll make the path straight. Well, that implies that the path was rugged and crooked. God can get the glory by making the path straight for me. There's no glory for God if the, pro, if the, if the path before us is always smooth and easy. It could be said we did that in our own strength, <laughs> right? But like Paul said, my, my, uh, uh, our glory 
in my weakness, for his strength is made perfect in my weakness, right? And that's pretty much what I've adopted. Lord, my primary concern is I want to find your will in this. Because if I find your will in this, there's nowhere that I can't go. There's nothing that I can't do. There's nothing that I can't overcome. If I know I'm in the will of God, that means God is in that with me. His favor, his blessing, his anointing, all the provision and even more than enough provision is available for me. I may not feel up to the task. I may not feel capable in my own strength. Well, I'm in the perfect posture then because then guess who I'm going to look to for strength? Amen? Guess who I'm going to allow to work in me? You know? And so I just look at those situations as God creating opportunities for to reveal himself in a new way to me. And maybe, I'm just going to throw this out there, maybe some of those hard roads are needful. In order for Christ-like character to be formed in us. I was a bit of a tough nut to crack myself. The only, I tell you what, the reason I'm here, I, I, I'm pretty confident I wouldn't be here today if God hadn't put me in, I'll just call them certain wilderness experiences in my life and just made me get real with with myself and with him. So I would encourage you today just to be totally surrendered to what God's, to what God's will is and what he wants for your life. Make that the priority for you. You want to seek his face. You want to just really lean into relationship with him. And when you get into the word of God, looking for God to speak to you, not necessarily to answer your prayer, but you just want to hear the heart of God. And that's why it's important that we practice these things with each other. Because it'll affect our ability to be that way with him. If I'm not a good listener... You know, if I'm more concerned with me and my needs over those of the people I care about or the needs of others, then I'm not going to be concerned with God's heart when I'm in t quiet time or prayer with him. I'm going to be focused on what I need. And how many of you know that's not quality time with God? I'm saying this because I know it will bless you if you hear it and you take it to heart, and you put it into practice, it'll, it'll, it'll be a blessing to you. Amen? This is, this is all a lot of, it's probably a little unconventional, but this is 
all a part of that breastplate of righteousness. And he tells, notice, he's telling us to put it on, which implies action that we have to do, right? It's not just going to appear on us. God isn't just putting that on us. It requires something of us. We have to strap that thing on. Amen? So we have responsibility in living lives that are pleasing to him. We have a responsibility in how we treat others, how we conduct ourselves uh, uh, with God. Amen? Our attitudes, our thoughts, our words, the way we treat people, all that stuff matters. And God is saying, I want you to, in all these areas, I want you to surrender, to find my will in this, and I want you to surrender to it. And I want you to commit yourself wholeheartedly to it. Because this is what's needed for you in order to withstand what the enemy has against you. I don't want you to fear him because he's already a conquered and defeated foe. You've already overcome him through Christ. But you can be tripped up and you can give up ground that you, that you have possession of if you are not careful to do what God's been speaking through me today. Amen? You're not trying to earn righteousness. Is already You already have it in Christ Jesus. But having that righteousness, being children of righteousness, children of light, then we're expected to behave like it. Because if we don't, guess what? There are going to be vulnerable spots in our breastplate. compromised areas in the breastplate that leave vital organs vulnerable to get damaged that could put our survival at risk are you hearing it I know it sounds heavy but man <laughs> you know it, it's the truth amen and so each and every one of us are able to stand and stand strong in the power and strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that, that is an excellent testimony unto the Lord, our ability to do so. Amen? But our ability to do so will be determined on our commitment to obeying him in these things. I'm going to ask you to stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, just to make this uh, applicable, you know, I'm going to give you guys a moment, you know, I, I just want you to be direct with God. And if any of these areas, whether it deals with controlling the tongue or anger or unforgiveness or what, uh, whether it sins of the flesh, whatever it is that you have struggled with or whatever it is that you know, whatever God convicted you with, you know what? When the word of God is preached, we got to do something with it. All right? We, we, we can nod heads and we can give mental assent, but we've got to do something. We've got to make a decision. Is this the day of salvation for me in that area? Is this the day I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? I will serve the Lord in this. I will give myself wholeheartedly to this in the Lord. This is the day that that mess stops. 
This is the day that I realized I am not just a sinner saved by grace. I have realized the truth of God's word that I am a child of God. I am redeemed. I am a new creation. This stuff actually, these sins actually don't have mastery over me. If I know and embrace the truth of God's word. Father God, I just lift up your people, all of us collectively to your Lord. Father, I trust that you have spoken to each individual right where they're at. You and they know exactly what spot you put your finger on in their hearts. And I know you're faithful, Father God, and I know you love each and every one of us, Father. And, 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 and your word says that he who has begun a good work in us is faithful to complete it. So, so Father God, I, I know and don't doubt your faithfulness. You will complete the work you've begun in each of your children here today, Father. And Father, in each and every one of them who have come to this moment and have decided that, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus in this area now. I'm not giving place to the enemy any longer. I've not been wearing my breastplate of righteousness. Or I've got a few holes in my breastplate of righteousness and right now, Lord, I repent. I confess my sin to you, Father God. I repent of it right now. And, and I'm just going to allow you to repair my breastplate of righteousness. And I will put it on proudly. I will be a blessing and I will glorify the name of the Lord particularly in those areas where I previously dishonored him. Father, I just pray your grace on each one here. Father God, give them the strength, Holy Spirit. You're faithful to guide us in the way of the Lord. Guide them, convict them, move on them in the way of the Lord and that they can walk in this, in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in a way that will enable them to stand firm, stand strong, no matter what the opposition is, for the glory of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Love you guys in the Lord. And uh, that uh, concludes the service.